The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Star Wars 7x7, episode 1361 today. What Finn's true feelings are for Rey, and also some very nonsense stuff from Finn, too. We'll get into that. Punch it, Chewie. Hey there, this is Tim McMahon, Alan's co-host from the Expanded Comicverse podcast. But hey, you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, a daily Star Wars podcast, seven minutes a day, seven days a week. How awesome is that? Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Boybud, and this is Star Wars 7x7. So today we're picking back up on our deep dive into the last Jedi novelization, and today we're looking at Canto Bite stuff, but particularly we're looking at the dynamic between Rose and Finn, and some interesting things that Finn says in conversation with Rose, as well as some kind of messed up stuff too. So first off, I want to say that the stuff that happens from the time that Rose and Finn arrive on Canto Bite until the time that BB-8 lets them know that he's found the guy with the red plum bloom on him, most of that happens pretty much the way that you saw it in the movie. So you get a little bit more in the way of scenes and so forth, but you don't really get anything that turns the world on its axis for you, right? So there is a bit about them landing on the beach and that they specifically had to land on the beach because they couldn't afford a berth at the spaceport and they didn't want to be broadcasting their names around or anything like that. But there was no scene in the novelization where they ran into anybody about, oh, is Slow and Low, that's the guy's name, who was voiced by Joseph Gordon-Levitt in the movie. So there was no scene where they ran into Slow and Low and having him tell them that they couldn't park it on the beach or anything like that. So that did not actually happen in the novelization, which is unusual. Pretty much if it's in the movie, it's in the novel, but not in this case. And... Finn actually was in control of the landing, which he's not supposed to be a pilot, so I don't know why he was the one landing it, and it was a really bad landing. And in fact, Rose called him on it too, said, you know, if we had landed like that in a spaceport, we would have been in a crater, or we might not have even survived the landing. It was a very inelegant crash landing on the beach, but... Anyway, they get to Canto Bite, and of course, Finn is just blown away by everything and thinks it's awesome, and the fact that they are utterly and completely not dressed for the occasion doesn't seem to be an issue. There's a note in there about how the staff at Canto Bite in the casino is treating them with the same, you know, fawning behavior that they treat all of the well-dressed clientele. So that was a little interesting, at least. So they're drawing attention to themselves by the way that they're dressed, but they're certainly not being called out for it in that way. Extravagant groveling is actually the phrase that gets used in the novelization. And Finn says at one point, you know, I wish Ray could see this. And Rose has had it with all the times that Finn is talking about Ray this and Ray that. And so she finally calls him on and says, stop pining about Ray. And he's like, I wasn't pining about Ray. And she's like, heavy pining. It's heavy pining. And, you know, what's the big deal about this Ray gal after all? 
and what does one person matter more than the cause that we're fighting for because you were ready to desert us for her. And so that's the point at which Finn actually gives us a bit of an answer to why he cares about Rey so much and what she means to him. And I'm going to let you hear it from Mark Thompson, who does the narration for The Last Jedi novelization in the audiobook. I'm going to let him tell you in Finn's voice why Rey means so much to Finn. I was raised in an army to fight for a cause, he said. Then I met Ray, and for the first time, I had someone I cared about to fight for. That's who I wanted to be. So there you go. It's not quite a declaration of love, but yeah, I guess it could be heavy pining for sure. I think Rose has nailed it there. I think there might be something there, and yet... It might also just be, I'm sure Finn hasn't really come across any ladies that he's wanted to spend time with in the First Order either. So, yeah, it could be a very adolescent crush, comparatively speaking. Obviously, I know he's not an adolescent, but you know what I mean. You know, if this is his first time actually going, you know, six alive, a girl, like then it's kind of from an adolescent level. But. The next thing that happens is a little bit messed up. Rey uh, is going to be coming back eventually, and she's been with Luke, obviously, so undergoing some Jedi training. And Rose says, well, you know, when she comes back, is she going to be a Jedi? And Finn has this reaction, which is kind of messed up. That made Finn laugh. <laughs> no. Rey? A Jedi? Nah. All right, so utterly dismissive of the idea, right? And, you know, I thought about it a little bit more, and I guess it makes sense from Finn's point of view, because Finn was utterly unconscious when Rey had her fight with Kylo Ren, and there was, you know, no force ability demonstrated to Finn during this whole situation, so he has really no idea, and obviously he was unconscious before Rey left to go find Luke, so probably the idea of that happening is a little bit alien to him, but you would have to think that somebody, maybe Poe filled him in on the fact that, oh yeah, did you know Rey is actually pretty force sensitive and kind of overwhelmed Kylo with some force power, and that's how you ended up surviving and getting out of Starkiller Base, because she was able to beat him in lightsaber combat somebody should have explained that to him once he woke up out of his coma and so you would think he would have the basis for that but maybe not i mean there was a lot going on but the fact that he was just so dismissive of the idea of ray a jedi pfft, yeah right like i do think that's kind of messed up unfortunately so yeah i expected a little bit better from finn didn't get it all right, I'm going to take a quick break, and when I come back, a couple of tidbits about Rose that were not in the movie but are a little bit funny in their way, so stay tuned for that. Hey, Rebel Rouser. Want a free copy of The Last Jedi in 4K UHD HDR with Dolby Atmos and Dolby Vision? It's the highest quality you can possibly watch The Last Jedi at, courtesy of Voodoo. And starting Friday, March 16th, I'm giving away those 10 to the first 10 people who become patrons of the podcast at the $5 and one cent level or higher. And if you join at the 1138 level or higher, I'll throw in a free copy of The Force Awakens Trivia Book 2. Go to patreon.com slash sw7x7 to support the show and get your free copy of The Last Jedi. Again, that's patreon.com slash sw7x7. Welcome back. 
All right, so when Rose and Finn are going to the casino in Canto Bite, they're having to dodge around speeders and whatnot, and Rose has to explain to Finn, oh, yeah, you know, anybody can hire a droid to drive these speeders around, but if you really have money, then you hire flesh and blood people to do it, so that is a bit of an awakening for Finn. And, of course, people are gesticulating wildly and throwing out obscene gestures and saying rude things when people are getting in their way, and Rose apparently knows how to throw out an obscene gesture or two, and Finn is familiar enough with it that it actually causes him to blush, so... I thought that was rather amusing. And there's one other note about when they are looking for the Master Codebreaker and trying to find somebody with a red plum bloom on their lapel that Rose actually gets up on a table, stands up and looks around, which is really calling attention to oneself. And Finn is like, what are you doing? Get down. She's like, I'm trying to find the guy. But that does not actually work out. It ends up working out pretty much like you saw it in the movie where they're out on the balcony and talking about fathers and about what makes people that rich. And then BB-8 rolls up and says, hey, I found the guy. And that's where we are stopping with the Last Jedi novelization deep dive for today. So thank you so much for listening as always. And may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you challenge the Jedi Council, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And we'd be spectacularly grateful if you put a little something in the tip jar at Patreon.com SW7x7. It's not a test, it's Destiny Unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2018, Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it!